Eagle Nation, you're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. Eagle Nation, welcome back to Gotta Talk. This is uh, the part two of our Georgia Southern uh, 2019 preview. Um, we had to cut it a little short because uh, we were running a little long, so we wanted to uh, uh, cut it there in half, um, just not to, to load it up too much. But in, in, in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, the defense, uh, special teams, and then we'll break down uh, the 2019 schedule and, and how uh, this, this whole thing might kind of end up and, and you know what, what it will kind of take to go from uh, good to great. So if, uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard uh, part one, stop this, go check that out now. Uh, we, we talk about the offense. Uh, we talk about uh, all the, the happenings of the offseason with, uh, with J.D. King and uh, Shai Wirtz and um, Quan Griffin as well. So uh, go check that out if you haven't. Um, and if you have, uh, enjoy this. We're going to get started with the defense, Cody. This, this is a defensive unit that only gave up 21 points per game last year. You know, is looking in in Scott Sloan's uh, second year. Um, you know, running the the three four defense. Um, we it looks to be a really good unit. It it, it really does. And uh, you know, obviously set a uh, Sun Belt record in uh, turnover margin last year, uh, plus twenty two. Um, obviously, offense helping out there um, as well with just uh, the NCAA record setting uh, five turnovers. But you know. Great defensive backfield, um, a lot of linebackers return, uh, defensive line looks solid. This looks to be a really, really, really good uh, defense. Yeah, it, it does. And I remember last season when we were previewing the defense, we had really kind of questions, especially about the front seven and, and would they be able to adjust and do we have the depth and do we have the, the speed because the size seemed to be smaller than, than what you, you were accustomed to and yada, yada, yada. And then we learned very quickly that that not only was the front seven really, really good, but they were really, really deep, especially that linebacker group. Um, we all found that out during the Clemson game. So, yeah, just to kind of jump on top of what you just said there, um, this defense has probably the highest ceiling out of all three like main groups of the team, offense, defense, special teams. They have the highest ceiling. I think this could go down not only as the best defense in the Sun Belt this season, but one of the best defenses of all time in Georgia Southern history. Uh, they just have that talent and that, that they just have that ceiling. And if all things come together, man, this is going to be a fun group to watch. So let's, uh, let's start with the – defensive line um like you said we we weren't really sure how they were going to adjust to that three four front um but they uh certainly took to it really well um now you've got raven johnson the third uh you know returning um kind of anchoring that line um you've got uh senior nose tackle and ty phillips um you know what do you kind of see out of out of this uh this line obviously uh with Quan Griffin, with with the legal trouble that he's you know kind of dealing with right now, um, you know he's probably not going to be in the picture. Um, needless to say, uh, you know at, at defensive end, um, but we've got you know some some depth at that position. Um, what you know just, just kind of walk me through this uh, defensive line. Man, they're gonna be great. I mean, they they have the potential to be great. Um, they just are very talented. Um, I think you have the transfer from Syracuse. He'll be in the fold this year, uh, rotated in and out. And Justin Ellis. Yep. And so, you know, you have C.J. Wright that's there as well. Uh, you just – I mean, you can't – their job is is to get in the gaps and, 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 and break through the offensive line and, and cause as much disruption and havoc that, that they possibly can. And I think they'll do that. I think they're going to be fantastic. I think, and and also too, they get tested, you know, kind of early on. You know, LSU obviously, Minnesota the third game. Um, don't not overlooking Maine, but Maine's an FCS team. I know they're top ten FCS team, but still, what I really want to see kind of with them is is more of the tackles for loss, more um, them getting to the backfield and stop and run plays and, and able to get to the quarterbacks a lot more this year. Um, if that happens, man, watch out. This will be great. So now moving uh, to the linebacker group, um, you know, this was a, you know, position group that 
had a lot of question marks last year. Um, you know, we really didn't have a lot of depth there, didn't have a lot of experience there. Um, but, uh, you know, we returned, uh, you know, a good amount of guys. And it, it seems to kind of be a core there, really. You know, you got Raynard Ellis, um, you got uh, Richard Bird, um, you know, a, a lot of guys that are to kind of solidify um, that, uh, that, that four man uh, linebacker unit. Yeah, and you have uh, the transfer from Furman, who I think is projected to be a starter um, in this. Another guy that you want to kind of keep your eye out for is a young man named Zion McGee. I don't know how much time he'll get to play this season, but he will be somebody that I think we will all um, know by the time that he's through playing here at Southern. Um, His ceiling's really high. There's tons of depth. You also have a lot of uh, senior uh, led uh, players in this position with Layton Ecton and a couple others. This group here, I think kind of the the biggest, I think, thing I want to kind of see here is I know that teams really exploited us in the middle in the passing game last season. So you kind of want to see the, the communication between middle linebackers and safeties kind of improve to where we're not leaving this big hole open you know, and to move the ball downfield. Outside of that, I think you're going to see big plays. You're going to see big hits. You're gonna see you're gonna see this group really cause a lot of havoc um, for opposing offenses. Move into the defensive backfield. Now, I this think we is, got some players there, man. Yeah, just one or <laughs> one or two, right? Uh, so that uh, clearly is is the unit that everybody's talking about. That uh, you know, right, rightfully so. And obviously, your cornerbacks, McCoy, Van Brinson, Kendall Vildor, uh, both first team preseason All Conference. Vildor being, you know, All-American, you know, by some publications last year, uh, both projected to be NFL draft picks. They were projected to be possible draft picks uh, this year if, if, if they didn't come back, and they did, thankfully. Without a doubt, the best cornerback duo in the Sun Belt, probably easily best cornerback duo in the group of five, and arguably one of the best quarterback, quarterback duos in the entire nation. Um, these guys can play and Vildor obviously showed it last year. Uh, Brinson, uh, you know, honestly didn't get a lot of opportunities to really kind of showcase how good he is. I, you know, the, the, the year before ask, he ask did, Arkansas state um, and, and shut I think, down really, really well. Yeah, ex- exactly. And, and that's the thing is like, you know, the, the year before he, he, he shined and I think Vildor, not to take anything away from him, he certainly has earned everything um, that, 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 you know, he, he has. But I think as good as Brinson is, it's, it's made Vin, uh, Vildor better because, you know, it's, it's, it's no one wants to throw Brinson's way. And, you know, so, so uh, Vildor's getting more opportunities. And now it's become kind of a pick your poison. It really has. And, and this is going to be a really, really dangerous defensive backfield. Yeah, I agree. And and what I love about Brinson's game is, man, he is a tackling machine. He is not afraid to hit anybody. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, there's been, I can't, I don't know the exact number, obviously, but I, to me, when I was most impressed watching him play would be on certain run plays in which it just seemed like he's covering a receiver on the outside and then like two seconds later he's somewhere in the backfield blowing up a run play tackling the guy yeah, you he's involved in or, every play yeah yeah and i'm just like where did you come from and you know just kind of harp on yeah what all the praise and all the accolades and, and all the attention that vildor's getting is definitely well deserved but if you're not accounting i don't i Brinson should also be in there as well. And if we're not, Completely you know, it agree. seems like, yeah, it seems like people are, are sleeping on him. And I mean, I hope offenses are sleeping on him in this conference and who yeah. we play. Cause if they are, he's going to, he's going to show up big time and he's going to, and he, he, him and Vildor have the potential to take over ball games on the players. You know, maybe a linebacker and think of Ray Lewis, or, or in some sorts, you think of like a, like I think what is it, Paul Mahu for the Steelers, yeah. his safety. He had the other, both of those can't really say that a whole lot. Sure. Um, but they both do. And with them being as great as they are, it obviously aids our defense and able to do certain things that maybe if you just had average cornerbacks, you wouldn't be able to do because you have to provide them more to compensate for weaknesses there. But, when those two young men are on the field, 
you your defense really opens up in what they can do, especially with what your safeties can do, whether if you want to have safeties come down and blitz, whether you want to have safeties just kind of play more of a center field type of um, alignment. They just they just allow – I think they just really can allow Sloan and his coaching staff to really kind of just – really have fun in how they want to attack it's the flexibility yeah yeah, yeah they, they 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 add the, the the flexibility and kind of the reassurance that you know that we we can kind of take risk right i mean not like you said we can do the safety blitzes we can do kind of the, the all out, out blitzes you know with a three four front front and uh you know send several linebackers and and still rely on those guys to to cover a lot of field where if if the quarterback gets that ball off that they're still going to be there um if not to make a play on the ball then to just make the tackle and and even if it is a you know, a, a sizable gain for a first down, they, they they still keep it where it's not a huge play, you know, where, where, where they get that touchdown, where they get that, you know, um, huge yardage play. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great point, is that just adding that peace of mind to the defense that you're with those two guys back there, and we'll get to the safeties here in a second, that, you know, with, with them kind of be, being young, it allows them to kind of grow into their position, you know, make the the mistake every every now and then, and uh, also just allow to take those risks. You can't say enough good things about them. I think the way that the uh, offenses will probably try to attack is to probably not throw to either one of their <laughs> ways and, and try to probably focus more in on who our linebackers and or safeties have to man up on. Um, or if they notice us in zones, where can they exploit us in our zone coverage? Um, but yeah, these two guys are fantastic, and I'm so happy that we get to sit there and watch them play for one more season. Well, and off of that, I mean, and like again, that's that's kind of what these like preseason things are all about, right? Like, obviously, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but that's what this whole thing's about. So let's let let's let's talk a little ahead and and say, you know, these guys came back. Obviously, they they probably would have been drafted. It's it, it's safe to say that if if both of these guys, you know, especially Vildor, but but Brinson obviously as well, if they have really solid seasons, these could be some of the highest, if not the highest, NFL draft picks we've ever seen. Yeah, you're absolutely right, without a shadow of a doubt. And they they certainly have that potential. And Man, you know, how awesome would it be if one of these guys were able to get drafted in the first round or second round? You know, that 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 I would be could. fantastic. I, I honestly awesome. I honestly think if, if if like again with you know, unfortunately you kinda see and we saw it with Breeder, right? We 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 you know, unfortunately he didn't have the senior year everyone wanted and there was a lot of factors that that came into play there. But with with Vildor, he's on that upper trend. Um, Brinson, I think he certainly can like close the gap there. Um, but yeah, you got to think that if, if, if both of these guys have really strong seasons, especially Vildor, yeah, uh, a first round draft choice is not out of the question at all. Nope. But when that's a long way from here to there, yeah, I'm just excited to see what they can do over these next 12 to 13, possibly 14 games. And, um, yep. man, I think I, 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 this is to me the most ex- exciting group of guys to watch is, not just the cornerbacks, but the defense as a whole. I'm just so excited to watch this defense play because I think they have something. They had the chance to be really, really special. Oh, and by the way, we haven't even gotten to some of their 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 backups in Birdsong and Cross, who are really, really talented young men as well. And 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 honestly, yeah. they probably could be starting on other group of five teams defenses right now. But oh yeah, but, but they think, have Brinson and the Sun Belt, yeah. Half the Sun Belt, they'd be yeah. starting right now. Uh, without a shower of doubt, yeah. So, so it's not like there's a huge talent drop off behind them when these young men get on the field. So, this group as a whole is is very talented, very good, and I look for them to have huge things this season. Completely agree, and I I, I look forward to you know games like Maine, games like you know Georgia State, games like you know South Alabama where. Hopefully, you know, uh, we, we can rest Vildor and get Let's Birdsong. Let's not get ahead of ourselves with South Alabama. Uh, we'll get, in that. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that later, but let's not throw South Alabama away just yet. But yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You I, get, I, mean. I get, yeah, get yeah. Hopefully, we, hopefully we have the opportunities where, where these guys in the fourth quarter, maybe the third quarter, can get in, get some, you know, quality reps. 
um, because yeah, they they are really special. I mean, uh, you know, from where I live in Orlando, Cross, uh, you know, he was a really highly touted, uh, you know, special player uh, here, and um, it, it it was great that we were able to get him. Um, same with Birdsong, you know, uh, you know, a lot of accolades there. So um, certainly, the the future at that uh, cornerback position um, is looking really strong. Um, and that it's, it's just, it's going to be really exciting to watch. Um, moving on to, uh, what's behind them at the safeties. You know, we lost Josh Moon, we lost Sean, Sean Freeman, um, you know, both really good players. What do you think about the safety group? And, and, and like you said, I mean, you know, we kind of alluded to that with such strong cornerbacks and, and now more experience, even in the linebacking core and up front, um, that will kind of help you know, everything flow, but obviously the, you know, those big plays over top, um, you've got to have, you know, some really good safeties back there. So looks like, uh, uh, Kendrick, uh, Duncan Jr. Um, will kind of fill in at free safety, uh, red shirt junior and, uh, Daryl Baker jr. Um, will be strong safety. Um, what can you kind of tell me about those guys? What I can say is that they're both extremely talented and that they made, of course that position group, I think is the biggest question mark going into the season on our defense, obviously. Um, but both of these young men are very talented. I don't think that we'll really have too much to worry about once we see them play. I think they're very, very good. Again, I think the biggest thing here uh, with this group is, as well as kind of the defense as a whole is how well do we improve upon limiting offenses trying to exploit the middle of that field like they did last year. Yep. I know that if you're going to kind of leave something open, you want to kind of leave it behind the linebackers in front of the safety so that you kind of have – everything right there and you you know you're not letting anybody get behind you but you know you also can't just let the hole be so big that they can just easily throw it in there as well that to me is going to be the the big thing to watch honestly I'm not really concerned I'm not I think these two young men will will take it you also have the the transfer from Savannah State uh the grad transfer um he'll add some depth and I think some some seniority there um, that'll be great to have in that position group. And on top of that, we also got a new coach there um, for them as well. Uh, that was uh, was it Coach Whitley um, that came down. He was a Stockbridge uh, head coach there here in Georgia. Had a very successful year or career there. Is now the DB's coach. And um, I think these young men will greatly improve uh, with his leadership there, so they'll be they'll they'll be fun to watch and and they'll be fun to see how they kind of interact with Brinson and Vildor and how they kind of play off each other, and just kind of how that relationship with the safeties and corners grow. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, now let's move on uh, to special teams. Um, obviously, you know we'll start with arguably the the biggest weapon uh, you know on on the entire team, and that's uh, place kicker Tyler Bass. Let's not start even with field goals and extra points, but let's start with just uh, kickoff duties, right? I mean, and that's something I know uh, you and I both watched the um, Sunbelt Conference uh, media day, and uh, one of the questions that he was asked that, that, that I really enjoyed was, you know, just how much he enjoys uh, kickoffs, right? And, and just uh, nailing the ball in the back of the end zone and what kind of difference that can really make um, in, in a game, you know, uh, you know, especially after a score, uh, just, to not give the team a chance to really, you know, return the ball at all. Um, he's such a weapon, uh, you know, again, not, not just in, uh, extra points and field goals, but, but on those kickoffs. Yeah, he certainly is. He's to me, he's the best field goal kicker I've ever seen wear a Southern uniform. Um, Without and so and just to kind of harp on your point, yeah, it's great to score a touchdown and know that Bass is going to probably kick it through the end zone, um, and you don't have to worry about the team returning one back, you know, and, and the momentum swings right back into their favor, and, and boom, there goes all the air out of our tires. Um, so it's um, it's just a fantastic weapon. Again, this is another young man that I'm glad that we just see one more year to play. Um, he... he Obviously, we know about kind of what he can bring to the table with with field goals and extra points. But again, I don't think it can be really stated enough that when we cross over the forty five yard line, we pretty much got three points on the board. And so, when yep. your offense really only has to get, let's say, thirty forty yards in a drive to kind of almost guarantee points, you know that kind of really takes the pressure off your offense to kind of 
trudge on down the field, you know, if you don't have to get another 10, 15 yards every time to ensure that you're going to get points on the board, uh, which is huge because that's, you know, we obviously can see how big a difference three points can make um, in a game. So uh, you can't say enough great things about him. Um, I know that he kind of did some punting duties last year. I don't know if he'll do any of that this year, but if he does, I'm sure he'll do great at that as well because he, he seemed to do pretty well at it the two or three times that he had to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's a great all-around athlete, honestly. I, like I, I've seen, you know, the footage of him throwing the ball and, and doing all this kind of stuff and, like, He's, he, he honestly is, uh, you know, he's, he almost could fit in that like athlete category. I mean, you know, he's, he's an extremely athletic kid, um, you know, seems to have a really good head on his shoulders and just a great weapon to have. I mean, honestly, like, uh, obviously the special teams is overlooked all the time. Um, but having, you know, having a kicker back there that, that again, you know, if you're within the 40 is automatic is is so great to have and i mean you know look no further than the camellia bowl i mean you know after after words had that that great run there on fourth down you you almost knew you know uh, we're, we're good we're set i mean maybe a couple of runs up the middle but we're good you know we've we've won this game so to have that kind of peace of mind honestly something and, and not to not to take anything away from you know some some of the other uh you know really good you know, kickers that we've had here, uh, but I don't know if we've ever had that kind of, uh, you know, confidence really in a kicker than, than what we have. In no, I, I don't either. And again, this is another young man to where if he will probably be playing on Sundays and if he's not, I'll be 100% uh, surprised. He has to me that leg and then the, and the ability to be able to do that. Um, so well, he he obviously was in the running for the Lou Groza yeah. Award last year for the nation's and he best will kicker. be again this year. Um, I believe I. Yeah, he, he will be again this year. He's obviously on the watch list. I believe the two uh, guys that finished in front of him, he finished third, I believe. Um, and both of those guys graduated, I think. Um, so, you know, that not not to say that there's not, you know, a freshman or sophomore out there that, you know, is, is on the upward trend. But um, you got to think that he is, you know, in really good contention for that award, for being uh, not just the best kicker in the Sun Belt Conference, but the best kicker in the entire yeah, country. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think, when the season's done and over with, I would, I would be one hundred percent surprised if he does not win that award. Yep. So let's uh, let's talk about punting. Um, you know, we've got uh, let's hope Gil, we never uh, Barley. Have to do it. <laughs> let's hope we never have to do it. But, uh, if we do, let's talk about McGill uh, Barley. So yeah, so he he had a a thirty five point eight um, average last year uh, punting the ball. Obviously, you like to see that improve a little bit. That's another position we haven't really had um, a lot of success in, you know, in in our history. But you know, what do you hope to kind of see out of that position? If if it is needed, obviously it will be needed at times um, to to be able to kind of pin the team. I back. just want them to get the ball off quicker to where we're not having a heart attack every time we're punting the ball. I think as the as the year went on, I think you saw teams realize that that they could probably rush our, our punting unit and, and and have a really good shot of, of blocking the punt. Um, I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Eastern Michigan blocked. I know they blocked one, but they they blocked two punts in the bowl game. I believe so. Yeah. So you know if if that I think teams will come out the gate testing that and i know that you know we haven't done the lsu preview obviously but i do not be surprised if in the lsu game when the first time or two that we have to punt if they're not bringing the house um to try to block the punt um that's just something that i think that we're going to get tested on really really early and um that needs to to me that just needs to, to increase if that if that improves if that improves and, and we're a lot better than that, then great, fantastic. But if it doesn't, I think we're going to have another season in which we kind of hold our breaths every time we have to punt the ball. Yeah. So with the return game, um, you know, obviously with having Wesley Kennedy back there, you know, uh, that's that's such a weapon. Um, you you got to think that he's probably, you know, going to return as uh, your your main uh, kick and, and, and punt returner. Um what uh what do you kind of see out of that 
Uh, that Wesley Kennedy will be back there and that he'll catch the ball. <laughs> he was very good. For, yes, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Expert opinion. Um, no, I he's he's a great guy to have as far as the return man on kickoffs and, and punts. Um, I never really had to worry about if he was going to 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 lose or not catch a punt. Um, which going back to the UGA game, you know, you don't you don't want to have a, your your punt returner drop a drop a punt and lose the the ball that way so as long as again we just don't you know turn the ball over in those critical moments that can swing a game you know kick off return punt return block punt as, as long as we don't have those critical turnovers and misfortunes that can so easily just take us from winning to losing then then there will be fine just want i just want it just kind of be a safe if wesley kennedy returns one back for a touchdown great fantastic but the most important thing that I want to see at the end of the year is ball control, ball control. no turnovers. Yeah. If that's the case, fantastic. Yeah. I don't care if he has to fair catch every one of them. No turnovers. Is there anyone that you see possibly breaking out at that like return role? Maybe like taking you know some catches from I don't Kennedy? know. I know we've seen Brinson do it a time or two in the past. Yeah. Um, so he always has the potential to, to go back there and do it. Um, and obviously if he does, he obviously has the same breakout and take it to the house uh, potential as Kennedy. Um, but outside of that, I don't know of anybody else that may take on that role or that responsibility. I think, I think as for now, Kennedy has that. So now Cody, <clears throat> we covered defense special teams. Let's move into kind of the season as a whole. Um, let's kind of break down the schedule really quick. We're not necessarily going to go like game by game. Um, obviously we'll do that during the season with our, uh, you know, individual, uh, game previews, but let's, let's kind of talk about, you know, it's a, it's a tough schedule. Uh, so, so let's kind of break that down and, and, you know, realistically, what, what is it going to take to, to be, um, you know, to go from good to great, um, with, with this really well, difficult the, schedule? the main, I guess the big thing here is that obviously the, the four hardest opponents that we have preseason lookout is is all on the road and then however you view arkansas state and, and louisiana lafayette you can say either the t- five hardest opponents are on the road or the top um five of the top six opponents we play are on the road we've got to get better at road games i know that was kind of an issue with yep. us um last season um you know you look at um, we're not going to even we're not going to include the clemson game clemson games you know that's an outlier that's clemson but if you look at like Texas State, look at New Mexico State. Yes, we won those games, but were they nail biters? Well, not I New mean, Mexico honestly, State. Like, like, I was well, no, New Mexico State was like in in the first half. It yeah. was it's very alarming, and then we opened it up. But I mean, obviously Texas State. Yeah, that could yeah that could have easily been lost. You looked at obviously ULM was a loss. So when you got to the end of the season and you had Coastal and Georgia State, yeah, we won those games, and we looked you know, pretty well in those, but those were both two teams that were bottom feeders of the FBS last year in college football, you know, by the time that we got to play them. So it wasn't like we were really showcasing like, oh man, we really played great against two decent teams. We we beat a team that we were supposed to beat, but I don't know, you know, did we, I don't know how much was that just how much better we were than the teams that we were playing or have we did our team and coaching staff did we finally figure something out about how to prep and how to get ready for a road game that we can now take into this season and we can be confident in when we go play LSU on the road when we go play Minnesota on the road when we go play App and Troy and Arkansas State those five games are going to be tough tough yep um yep i think Arkansas State has some incredibly unreal number of of their home record against Sunbelt opponents. I think they've only lost like five or six games in the last like six, seven years, something like that. They just don't lose at home to, to Sunbelt opponents. App, of course, App is on Halloween, Thursday night game. That's yeah. going to be tough. Yep. Troy, Troy's tough. Um, so it's just, we've got to learn how to play on the road. That's, that's the big thing. If we have, if we can, then we have a legit shot of winning this conference without, without a shadow of a doubt. We obviously know how to play here at home. We did that right. very well. Outside of the Troy game, and really outside of, we played the first quarter of that game actually really well. You we know, did. it was just yeah. the other three quarters that we didn't. That's to me, that's the biggest question. That's the biggest thing. How well can we improve our play on the road? If we do, 
we're, yeah. we're, we're fantastic. Well, and, and like you said, that, that last uh, five-game stretch is really going to be tough, or at least uh, four of the last five. But, I mean, you, you know, uh, having at, at App State, at Troy, um, App State being a Thursday night game, then you, you get ULM at home. You know, they could still, you know, they could be kind of a dangerous team. Um, obviously, you know, handed, handed it to us last year. Um, then go back on the road to Arkansas State and then finish up against Georgia State. Um, you know, at, at home, that that final stretch, you know, could be really rough, <laughs> really rocky, um, and, and that's really kind of you know going to define our season. Yeah, it it, it certainly can, um, you know. And then I think on top of that, I think you have two games. At least in my mind, you have two games that can be quote unquote potential trap games. Well, South South yeah. Alabama's one. It's a Thursday, on a Thursday night. night. It's a Thursday yeah. night home or an away uh, conference game, which. Uh, you know, we talked about this a lot last year, but just to kind of reiterate the point, away games on Thursday nights are very difficult to win against conference opponents, regardless of the conference, regardless of the opponent. We saw that against Texas State. We nearly lost the game. In fact, we probably should have lost that game, but we didn't. We should have, yeah. And then the, to me, the second one that, that I think is kind of a, 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 a game to look out for and not to overlook, but could be, is New Mexico State. We played them the week before App State. Um, that Saturday, uh, five days later, we go up to Boone. It could be a game that we overlook. Um, you got to remember, New Mexico State moved the ball well against our defense last year. They just couldn't stop us on on, on offense. Um, yeah. But their offense could move the ball well. So th- that could be a team. And I think that's the only team that we play that has a bye week before they play us. So no, other, so. so no other yep. team has a bye before they play us, which is which is big. I mean, that's yeah. that's, that's one one thing pointing in the right direction. Uh, where I, I believe last year uh, there were several opponents that had bye weeks uh, coming into us. Yeah. So, well, all I know, I knew ULM had a bye week. I don't know if anybody else did though. I know well Clemson faced the triple option against Furman, um, but I don't know if anybody else had a bye week. I could be wrong or not. Yeah. But I do know that ULM had a bye week. I just, I, I mean, those two games scare me. As far as outside of the five that you just mentioned, the last five that we have, those two games, as far as within the conference or in the, the after the out of conference schedule, those those two games scare me between South Alabama and New Mexico State games that the teams that we should beat, but I think for one reason or the other, I think will um, will give us fits. Yep, I agree. And then I mean, obviously, we have to talk about you know that that. The front of the schedule, um, obviously opening at LSU, um, and then third week of the season, Minnesota there, and then, uh, you know, sandwich in between Maine, which, you know, even that, you know, again, a team we should beat, uh, but it's FCS team, it's uh, certainly our, you know, quote-unquote cupcake game um, on our schedule, but this is a a top 10 uh, FCS uh, opponent. This is a team that made... The final four, I believe, last year in the FCS. Um, you know, so this is not a team to overlook. Um, and then, you know, certainly sandwich in between whatever happens at LSU, and you know, if we're looking ahead at uh, at Minnesota, you know, th- this is not 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 a game that you know in in our first or in our home opener um, that we want to take lightly. No, we don't. We don't, but do I think we'll handle them? Yeah, I do. It's a game that we should win. I don't. I to be honest, I don't. I know they're going to be good. I know they're coming in as a top ten team. I just don't see us really. I don't. I don't see us overlooking them because it is our first home game. I think we're going to be amped. We're going to be ready to come in there and kick tail. Yeah, and I, think, I agree. With and that. I, 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 I think I just, if I think if we caught them maybe later, um, in like our second or third home game. Then maybe you know maybe they're able to like creep up on us a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Um, but with with LSU and with Minnesota again, you know we're we're looking ahead a little bit, especially when we're talking about Minnesota, obviously. But that's the nature of this kind of uh, you know preview. So a lot of people, a lot of talk out there are already kind of like pinpointing that one as a, a game where we could get our first uh, you know Power Five win. Um, as an FBS school against Minnesota. What do you think about that? It's a possibility. Um, Minnesota's going to be tough. I know that I think their their quarterback had just went down with an injury this past week. 
Um, but I think whoever their second string was is supposed to was supposed to be competing or splitting snaps with this. And he played he yeah. played quite a bit. Yeah, last he played year. quite a bit. So I think he's you know it's not really a drop off for them. The big thing with Minnesota is that they have a huge, huge offensive and defensive line. Um, that we have to you know that's going to be kind of our big thing to have to overcome there. The Big Ten school. Yep. Yep. So um, we'll see kind of how that plays out. Uh, I think they open up their season with San Diego State and Fresno State um, before they play us. You know, they handled Georgia Tech pretty well last season. I think there they was did. a lot of that's things. That's what I was going to bring up is that, yeah. you know, that that's a little disconcerting is just to see how well they handled them. Obviously, two completely different teams, We you know, play out of different formations, but certainly run-based teams. And then, yeah, they, they handled Tech uh, really yeah. easily. So. But, I mean – I think that to me that whole ball game with Tech was there was so much going on with Georgia Tech at that point that I don't know if they were even if they were going to get it. Yeah. yeah, if their heads were because in it, yeah. they they first of all they felt like they got kind of screwed out of the bowl that they should have have gone to. They were placed in in this bowl with against Minnesota, and then obviously Johnson's retirement came out beforehand. So you knew that a lot of those kids were thinking, well, heck, we're not going to go, we're not going to hire another triple option coach. Obviously, they were going to go away from that, and they did. So I think there was a lot kind of going on there. Um, not to make excuses for it, or not to say that they didn't get the, you know, the the best tech team possible, but they did shut them down pretty well, you know. So we'll see kind of how that goes. Um, I'm, look, if it happens, great. But what I want out of it is that none of our players are injured and we get rested and prepared for uh, Louisiana for two weeks because that's when it kind of really gets started there. So that's what, that's kind of what I'm hoping for, or what I'm looking at. Just don't get injured. Go develop, you know, get used to competition and playing legit football games again. And then let's get ready for Louisiana and take over the Sun Belt. Yeah, and that, and that's what's interesting about the schedule, right? Is you you do kind of front load uh, the out of conference schedule, right? I mean, you've you've got LSU, Maine, Minnesota, um, all right there. You get New Mexico State a little later in the season, um, but but that's interesting. Where where even with other Sun Belt schools, you'll see it kind of sprinkled out, um, you know, throughout the season where. That might kind of be a blessing in disguise. I mean, obviously you're getting two power five opponents there, um, you know, a game apart, but then you get the bye week and then you go into conference play. You start conference play at home. Yes, you start conference play against Louisiana, which is the defending West champion. But I, I think that kind of stacks the deck maybe in our favor, at least. I mean, you get to see really good competition early on. You get to see a main team that, uh, again, we should beat. Um, then you get that bye week to rest. Uh, you know, barring any any injuries, like you mentioned, um, we we should be kind of in you know game ready and game form. Get every get all the kinks worked out entering uh, Sunbelt play after that bye week uh, to get ready for Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, not to say the season doesn't start on August thirty first. Obviously, it does. But those two game or those three games in the grand scheme of things don't really kind of matter a whole lot when you're talking about trying to win the Sun Belt and trying to get ready for that. Um, obviously, do we want to win all three of those games? Yeah, we do. But if we come out of there one and two and we look competitive, at least in, in the two losses, then I think we have that we could kind of hold our heads up high and say, okay, we're ready to kind of roll through this uh, roll through this year. Like I said, the thing that I want to see in these first three games, or really the LSU and Minnesota games, is how well do we play on the road? Do we put a complete game together on both sides of the football. And are we very competitive against both of these teams? If we are, then look for, I think, our prediction as far as where we finish at in the East to change. I think if we go out and we look competitive really well against LSU and Minnesota, I think you'll see us kind of come back and say, okay, this is a team that should be able to win this East division, especially if App and Troy do not look that well in their first three or four games. Right, but again, it's kind of you know, just wait and see. We we can't, we don't have a crystal ball to look in to see what we can, what's gonna happen. We just gotta wait and see. Yep. So from that, let's let's just kind of uh, 
let's let's pull out that crystal ball <laughs> and and just just for the sake of this preview and and just kind of talk about you know realistic kind of expectations uh you know i, I know obviously you know you'll you'll see all the chatter out there and and you know uh obviously the, the all the fans are, are are quick to say you know oh, you know undefeated all this kind of stuff you know i i think going from good to great uh, you know obviously that means a lot of things um it's not just win total it's it's that we finished third in our division last year even after winning 10 games um so obviously winning our division winning the sun belt is a goal um but realistically to do that you probably still have to be around that 9 10 win mark if not more uh so do we go <laughs> I guess is my question, Cody, from good to great this year in your opinion and and what what really kind of defines that? Well, I don't know what defines it. I think I think really the only thing that does define it is is placement in the division and, and do we win the the conference. I think I think the goal I think the goal for the team and what I think they consider for themselves to, to accomplish to that great stature is to win the Sun Belt. So I think anything short of that, I think you you don't you don't accomplish your goal. So you didn't hit that mark. Um, does that mean that we didn't improve? I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we will improve from eighteen to nineteen. I think you'll see that. Um, will the win loss record show it? Maybe not. You know, if we if we're eight and four, nine and three, at the end of the season, then I would say that we're we're probably a lot better than where we were last year. I agree. So, but. I think I mean honestly I think I think the, the where we measure it at is 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 the conference championship. I think if we win that then we hit our goal of, of going from good to great. And then I think you think the 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 theme next year is at that point is is sustaining that and and staying on that great level and improving from there and and going, you know, not only from a G5 conference champion but maintaining that and going into you know uh being kind of in the in the mentions of a New Year Six Bowl, but that's that's kind of a long way away, and who knows? Maybe things progress faster than what we are thinking now, and we may upset a team or two, and we may be already in that conversation at the end of this year. We just don't know. Yeah, um, and and I mean, and that's what it's going to take. I mean, obviously, again, those those first three games will probably at least from that conversation, kind of set the precedent for that, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, if we if we pull it out and uh, pull out the huge upset in Baton Rouge, uh, take care of business against Maine, beat Minnesota, then, yeah, that I mean, that conversation is in full force. Um, and then, obviously, have to take care of business in the conference. But, yeah, I, I, I agree that I, I think people have to understand that if, if you're just measuring it on wins, as lo- wins and losses – you know, getting to 11 wins is going to be really, really difficult regardless, but especially with the schedule that we have. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if that's how you measure it, but yeah, you're, you're right. I, I I think you measure it by achievements and not uh, win loss column. Um, so, you know, if, if we win, you know, if we win eight games again, I, I, I think that's, still very impressive given the 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 schedule that we have and and that's not counting any kind of bowl and and if we win that but uh you know winning nine games even more impressive obviously i don't i don't know if that you know gets us uh, you know the division and gets us in the sum championship um you know it it might and it really just kind of depends on at that point you know like we talked about in the east preview of what pans out with uh with troy and app you know, if, 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 if their coaching changes, what kind of happens there? Do they falter? Do they lose a game that they're not supposed to lose? Um, you know, do they lose to a South Alabama? Do they lose to ULM? Do they lose to, you know, an out-of-conference game that they should win? You know, um, that, I guess, actually, that wouldn't really matter with, like, conference standings. But you, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. do, do they, do they with, with their changes, you know, uh, so we – even though we might not get to the 10 wins and I'm not sure if we do. Um, I, I really like, I, I would love nothing more than to surpass those 10 wins, but I, I think that's, you know, 
not super realistic, but it, it might take some help from those other teams, and I think that could be the case. I I, I think that you know App could take a step back, like I you know like we said in the East preview. Um, Troy, I think, is going to be a really strong team, um, but who knows? I mean, that that hire might not work out. Um, so I, I I think you know that's that's why we play the games, and I I, I think it's still going to be a three team race for the most part in, in the division. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously those tiebreakers are going to come into play. Unfortunately, those tiebreakers are going to be on the road. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to take care of business at app and at Troy realistically to, you know, have, have a shot at the division and, and, and the spot in the championship game. Yeah. If we want to get there, we're going to have to take out one of them for sure. Um, if not both, I mean, that's going to be really difficult with it being on the road and in back to back weeks. We saw how we saw the drop off in and after we beat App State, right? Last year, we went yep. out to ULM and we got yep. we got schnockered really good. Um, you know, if we do that again, if we go out there, if we go up to Boone and beat App, you know, are we going to have a similar drop off when we go? Over I don't think so. I don't think so with that because I I think with that, I mean, with because that that was kind of a trap game, right? And we kind of identified that at the beginning. Of the yeah, year, but that, I mean, that's going to be a huge beat. drop. I mean, that's going to be. I mean, that's going to be a huge emotional drop off because that'll be, I think, the first team to beat App in Boone since 07. Yeah, I I still think you know. I mean, Troy is is. I mean, obviously App is the reigning champ, but I think with Troy coming up, with them being you at home last year. With them, you know, at that point being in the hunt, I, I don't, I don't think you really have a drop off there. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think at that point, I would be more worried about honestly, Cody, uh, the opposite. I would be more worried about us losing to App, um, either in a heartbreaker or getting blasted, and then kind of giving up hope almost, and then going into Troy not as amped up and losing that game as well and being completely out of the picture. That's that's that would be my main concern. I don't see us giving up because if we were if we were a team that gives up, I think we would have gave up after the Troy loss, and we didn't. Like we came out and we played really three good, really football games. I don't know. This is just in in. I think this just kind of is a testament to how hard it is to kind of predict the schedule the way that we have it. And oh yeah, in in yeah. this football team, because we saw how well they increased their play from seventeen to eighteen. You know, something that we nobody really kind of expected. We understand or we kind of think that they should also increase their play from 18 to 19. But, I, again, I just don't know that we yeah, have an idea. Yeah, steps like that necessarily. Yeah, yeah. we just don't understand how, how much they're going to improve again. And will that show on the win-loss column? That, that yeah, it's, 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 inter- it's interesting because we were, as, as good as we were last year, and coming off as a bad of a season, you know, we had really nothing, to, nowhere to go but up. But we were gifted, you know, a, a fairly easy schedule. You know, uh, you know, I mean, with everything outside of Clemson, with an out of conference to, you know, getting the toughest teams in the conference at home. You know, we were kind of given that leeway to kind of, you know, build our path and kind of grow and, you know. And develop and, and become what we are. I I think you know we will be a much better team this year, um, at least on paper it seems like that than we were last year. And and like you said, I'm not sure if that is going to be reflected at the end of the season in the win loss column. But that's just that's college football, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And again, like and and I I don't know if it would have been better to be the other way around. Um, you know, we certainly, if, if we had this schedule last year, do we win 10 games? No, I don't think we do. Um, you know, I don't, I don't even think we come close, but you know, I, I, I think we're so in, in, in that, in that case, we're better prepared, um, you know, for, for this kind of like gauntlet that we're going to face. Um, but it's, it's going to be a gauntlet. It's going to, it's going to be a really, really hard run. Yeah, that's that's not an understatement. I think it's gonna it's gonna be, it's yeah it's gonna be by the end of this season we'll see just exactly just what kind of football team that we have in terms of the future and where we're gonna go. Because if we come out of this, let's just say we come out of this ten and two, right? Like the only two losses is Louisiana or uh, LSU and Minnesota. Yeah. Holy cow. Are we? Well, is twenty twenty not going to be just? If that's the case, yeah, twenty twenty is super amped up because then then it's Boise back State, to, 
We got well, Boise then you got Sta- you got Boise State, but then you've got you know obviously a lot of the the harder part. You got App back at home. You got Troy back at home. You know, so so, so like it, it's just the reverse. And you've got a a team that is going to be at their peak, basically. I mean, you got Shy Wirtz as a senior now. You've got obviously you lose you know your, uh, your Vildor and, and Brinson, your defensive backfield. But you've got a you know, we've we've still got a pretty young team. You know we've got a lot of sophomores and juniors that are going to be, uh, you know, upperclassmen um, in, in twenty twenty. So that that would be there would be a lot of hype around that. Yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. So, but man, I tell you what, I can't wait to watch this team play. Like, like I know that we're kind of blowing off the LSU game, and we're kind of like, and I know that we're kind of do our LSU preview later on. But I'm I'm pumped. Like. I'm I'm kind of getting I'm getting really excited about the thirty first. They they can be a really good team. I, I I think we could surprise some people. I know you know obviously having having shy back, having him in full force, um, you know getting getting all these things sorted out. Um, that's that's great news. Um, you know certainly we wanted to see what would happen if we threw in not to discredit you know anyone behind him like Tomlin and other guys but uh you you certainly don't want their first uh their first start to be against uh the number six team in the country but so having shy back there um yeah I, I I think that could be a really competitive game we'll certainly talk about that in the next episode and you know that that could you know certainly doesn't have to set the precedent for the rest of the season um but 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 certainly could um and uh, again i i think this team is extremely talented more talented than last year i think it will be ultimately a better team than last year even if the win-loss column doesn't show it um but i you know it's possible that it does and uh and and if it does they will sure have earned it um and i i can't wait cody yeah i can't wait either man so with that we will uh we'll end this two-part uh preview um and uh we'll pick it up next time uh previewing that uh lsu game and uh that that huge national uh, nationally televised uh matchup um in death valley against lsu on august 31st yeah can't wait we'll talk about then Cody. yeah the little known trivia fact is the third straight season of us playing a power five opponent with the nickname tigers there you go yeah auburn uh, Clemson and yeah LSU there you go there's there your you. useless knowledge for the day useless knowledge that's that's what we bring people <laughs> you can listen to others but you're not gonna get useless knowledge anywhere else <laughs> we'll pick it up next uh next time Cody hail right. southern hail southern thank you for listening to gotta talk be sure to visit our website, gatatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gatatalk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Southern.